the top, you're the Colosseum. You're the top, mm, you're the Louvre Museum. You're a melody. Hello, and welcome back to the Blind Spots Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Tropila, joined as always by my co-host, Christy Strauss. Christy, how are you doing this fine evening tide? I'm I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Doing excellent. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been a minute since we've yes. recorded. You're, uh, yeah, if you're looking at your podcast feeds and you see this, this is not a not a trick, not an illusion. We do have a new episode for you. <laughs> a lot of things have happened since then. I have become a father. Yes. Uh, amongst other things. So you may hear my, my baby boy cooing in the background of this podcast. He's keeping, the biggest uh, fan. You know, he's, he he's, is. Yeah. yeah, we played all the uh, all the episodes for him in the womb. So he's uh, <laughs> he's all caught up on his film history. But yeah, speaking of today, I think we have a I think we have a great show uh, yes. for you guys. We uh, we talked a lot about what we wanted to do next. And uh, I think we're taking a look at what could now be considered a largely defunct genre. Uh, it's the studio American comedy. I mean, sure, there are some examples, but I feel like uh, the heyday for such films is uh, long past, and we don't really get much of the good stuff anymore. What What do you say about that? No, I, I definitely agree. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right on. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it. We'll start off with the film I recommended. It's a long time favorite of mine. I uh, put over to Christie 1972's "What's Up, Doc," directed by Peter Bogdanovich. It's a screwball comedy about a series of hotel guests in San Francisco, and four of them have the same-looking luggage that gets mixed up in all sorts of things, including a ransom plot, and there's a kidnapping, and there's a neurotic man played by Ryan O'Neill who is trying to attend a rock convention with his uh, overbearing wife, Eunice, played by the great Madeline Kahn, (laughs) and on the way he meets uh, Agent of Chaos Judy, played by Barbara Streisand in one of her finest roles. And this is a film I saw for the first time as a young man, uh, like maybe 11 or 12, and I just fell in love with it. The energy, the humor, it just is, runs at just such a such a great pace, and uh, I have always considered it a longtime favorite. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Christy and hear your thoughts on What's Up, Doc? Yeah, so this this was obviously, you know, as the show is, a blind spot for me. And I was one, um, actually a lot of uh, Peter's movies are, but um, this was one I've wanted to see for a long time. And I just, uh, I really love the energy of it, which is pretty <laughs> nonstop, absurd, and, yeah. you know, delightful in that way. And it's interesting because we, we do this without even realizing it, but there's, there's some actual kind of interesting comparables with the two movies we chose, um, especially with when it comes down to kind of that, that fun vibe, but I really was um, really impressed with how fast the dialogue moves to a degree. Like, I don't even know how you can do that as an actor at times in this movie. Um, yeah. And yeah, Barbara Streisand is just, uh, just amazing. And it's just such a very quirky film. It's like, it, it goes from, um, you know, like a few kind of, um, you know, shticks and, and different things happening to the point where it's just like, like chaos <laughs> becomes like ensues and uh yeah everybody's really great in it yeah i enjoyed it it, it, was, a, it was a good one it's it's very uh, uh bogdanovich he's made i think he's made a few masterpieces um mm-hmm. by my count he's last picture show is uh one he's most famous for he also mm-hmm. paper moon which is one of my favorites um i recently watched uh <laughs> they all laughed which is great 
But yeah, he has just this uncanny ability to sustain just such a what could be seen as like a frenetic pace. Yes, very high energy. Frenetic, very yeah. high energy, very fast, very high energy. There is a lot going on. Like the value of rewatching a film like this is that you like catch jokes that you missed the first time. Yes. Um, but also not just keeping it that quick and that funny, but also it never grows tiresome, which I think is very rare in in in, in cinema dumb. Is that uh, you, you can you can get worn out by a film like this oh, yeah. if it's done poorly. It can it can give you kind of fatigue a little bit, um, that kind of fast dialogue, and I think that that's just a testament to the to quality of the writing and the acting. And I do think that it doesn't get tiresome. It also just you somehow do retain it, even if yeah. like several watches, you're obviously going to catch a lot more. But um, and I I look forward to watching it again. But there was definitely a lot, but yet like the same time, it's a pretty short film. It's like 90 minutes or 95 minutes. I don't know. It's not yeah. super long, but um. You know, the long, that chase scene at the end is probably like one of the most ridiculous. So, I mean, let's, yeah, let's get into like the centerpiece of the film is this amazing chase scene through all of San Francisco where like virtually every little trick, like, like the construction guys carrying the glass across the street, (laughs) trying not to get hit by the moving cars. And then there's like the, this guy just laying down cement in a driveway who gets screwed over a bunch of times. The guy hanging the banner. The guy, there's. They go down, yeah. The, San Francisco is great because then they can go down. Um, oh Christ, I'm forgetting the name of that that winding road that just goes downhill. Um, it's terrifying. I, it, it, I don't know. I would yeah. want to be. They're, like, they're on a bicycle and then they have like, <laughs> um, they're they can't see where they're going. I don't know. It gave me anxiety, honestly. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's also I mean I mentioned this is kind of a defunct genre. This is also just you can't make movies like this anymore because. This movie is largely responsible for um, forcing shooting permits on mm-hmm. film productions now because they, they take a lot of liberties with destroying San Francisco. Like they at one point they drive down a long staircase and like they just chip away so many like steps and they're just like so broken and damaged. And I think the damage is still visible there to this day. But it's like, OK, you can't we can't just film movies like this anymore. So right. it's kind of a sad you know, thing to see gone. But uh, at the same time, but I'm also understandable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. safety first. It's like everything. the um, the Avengers. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they they just shoot those in a green room. I, no, no. Can't. I mean, in, in the movie, they have that uh, contract, you know, that law oh, that yeah, means the, that they can't damage Sokovia Accords yeah, or whatever. Accords, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. Lombard Street. That's the name of the winding road in the San there Francisco. So. That just came back to me. But it's um, such an interesting place to film, which which it is a bummer to hear that it made, like, actual damage. But it's a, kind of a really cool place to film, especially with those streets. I've never been there, but um, I'd love to. But, you know, with yeah. those really, like, really long streets with, um, oh, what do you call them? The, uh, you know, the, the, the cart. There's, there's the trolleys. Yes. Yeah. They, they yes. drive by through those. At one point, like, two trolleys pass by each other, like, just at the nick of time for them to yes. ride their bicycle through. and. <laughs> Uh, at one point, they interrupt a like a, a parade in Chinatown, and they're driving through a Chinese dragon. Um, yes, when they hold on to the dragon head for a really yeah. long time. <laughs> one of my favorite moments, like at the very end of the uh, the whole chase, is um, this really great image. It's like one of it's like I when I first saw it, I literally rewound the film five times just for play it over and over again. But in the chase, which is consists of four cars, uh, it's like it's a First, it's a bike, and then that turns. It's Judy and Ryan O'Neill, and then they switch to a, a Volkswagen Beetle from a that they steal from a wedding, 
and there's these two black sedans um, that are carrying the mafia uh, or some mobs, kind of mobsters. And then there's this uh, government agent who's in a convertible and he's they, they the chase goes down to Fisherman's Wharf where all the cars drive off into the pier, into the water. And the convertible is the last car to get there. And the guy like is hanging out in the back of it. And then when the car goes out into the water, he like jumps out of the back. But because he was in the car, the momentum carries him forward. It's one of the it's worth a look. I mean, the whole movie is worth watching, but it's one of the funniest images I've ever seen is just him, his little tiny body flying above the car as it lands in the water. It's great. I will have to go back to that specific scene and just yeah. replay him flying into the water. I yeah. do remember that. Um, <laughs> I, I actually think I lost it the most when they had the glass and you kept thinking that it was going to break like a thousand times, but then the guy ends up falling from the banner and going through it. Um, uh, yeah. That one. Like after, after all that, the, the <laughs> construction that. guys break it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um it's a really funny movie too. And you know, the, the dialogue is, is also as absurd as it is. It's can also be pretty like witty at the same time. Um, yeah. And the back and forth, like the chemistry between Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand is really spectacular and it's some of her lines are just like so perfectly delivered i actually didn't know she was going to bite a carrot and say what's up doc so i was pretty excited about that in the moment um like, yeah she is she's kind of she like does. our our bugs bunny analog yeah. and yes. uh he sees i guess elmer fudd uh <laughs> and then the great kenneth marsh shows up he's a uh, kind of like uh he's daffy duck he's yeah but he's like flipping his ridiculous hair around and he like I think he even says you're despicable at one point. He does. Or, you're yeah. incorrigible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's it is basically a live action cartoon. But uh, again, this it, that's is a great way to say it. Basically, is like a live action cartoon. Yeah. No, but it's but it's fun and you know I mean it's it's funny it's rated G. I know that's like the rating system at the time, but um, it's just interesting to think about that, especially when we go to our next movie it's uh yeah well it's i mean also for g at the time it's it's a very central movie i mean there's yeah. a scene where she's just in a towel and he's in his boxer shorts and right yeah damn she's... ryan o'neill looks great <laughs> with his little bow tie and his little bow yeah that's it that's another extended uh highlight um so she keeps running into his life and she actually shows up at the the convention he's attending to it's like a this musicology convention because he's studying music made from rocks and uh she infiltrates as his wife, uh, Eunice Burns, and Madeline Kahn, who large, steals the show in some ways. She's just as the great put-upon wife, it, it, like just her endless freakouts and Howard Bannister is trying to <laughs> calm her down at every chance he gets. But Judy keeps just ruining everything. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, there's one great sequence that just builds up incredibly is when the uh, she's Judy's in Howard's hotel room. And he's trying to hide her from his wife, Eunice. And uh, he, he turns the TV on because he doesn't want to hear her talking. And the TV can't be turned off. And so they're trying to uh, turn the TV off. And then room service comes in. And then the fire starts. It just goes so out of control. But again, it's like, I, I feel like if a movie tried to do something like this today, it would just be largely obnoxious. And Oh, it would totally just, be obnoxious. And it would have, like, the most obnoxious known actors doing it. And yeah. you would just lose that kind of charm that it has you know kind of embedded in it but i uh that part is really funny it's also just funny her like always trying to get food made me laugh like yeah. it all started because she saw like pizza and like followed it <laughs> to like a hotel and then she orders room service for a room that's empty and then 
doesn't get to eat it. And it's like a very weird roast beef sandwich. It's got like mayo on one side and mustard on the other or something like that. It's very like odd, like, you know, the yeah. majority of the film is um, those little intri- like, you know, weird things or what make it the, I don't know, a delight, I think. But she's a very interesting character as well. She's basically just kind of I, I aimless, I guess you could say. Like she's dr- dropped out of so many schools, but she's studied that, like she, everything. <laughs> yeah, but she's brilliant as a result, just because she has so much knowledge. And when like people ask her, like, do you know what the meaning of proprietary is? And she'll like lay down the whole Oxford dictionary about it. And yeah, so but yeah, yeah, she's she, scamming her way into hotels. Like, what's her deal? <laughs> like, yeah, she's you know, <laughs> making making phone calls to get room service, and, and then, she but, calls him like Steve or something. I don't know. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what the significance of the name there is. I also loved it when she, I think she says like when she first meets him or something, he calls his um, fiance Eunice. She's like, is that a per- Eunice? Is that a person? And, I just, <laughs> <laughs> and then when she sees Eunice, she goes, that's a person named Eunice. Yes. yes, that's a person named Eunice. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, good lines in this. Like crack me up the uh, obviously the judge scene when they're all over and done and, you know, kind of like what did happen here? And it, the ex- explanation is just ridiculous and it makes no sense. And, you know, Ryan O'Neill's like, is that clear? And the judge is like, it's consistent. And I just thought that was really funny because it's like consistently ridiculous. It's basically the sum of the movie. Uh, but, the, the poor judge, he's got all of his pills too. He's, know. you know, fighting off heartaches and headaches and this is not making things easier for him. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what's up doc? It's a, uh, it's a masterpiece and I, I highly recommend it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's, yeah, uh, it was, um, it was a fun, like it was just, I don't know, a really enjoyable watch. So. Yeah, uh, I had watched Crimes of the Future the night before, so it was very wildly different from like the previous. That's, yeah, that's that's very. <laughs> there's nothing like there's some crazy stuff in there, but it's not like at a wild pace or anything. That's yeah, a very there's no slow man and with moody multiple film. ears on him. Yeah, um, but no, I also love the the final sequence. It was really sweet too, like their their romance. It's also funny. He she says uh, makes a joke about love is. Um, means you don't have to say you're sorry you know that classic line yeah never happy to say you're sorry kind of making fun of that but i also love at the end she's like listen kid you you can't beat a tidal wave when he's like i love you did you know that and i thought that was really i don't know just a aw cute line yeah so no yeah it's great it's nice when the, <laughs> when the right people wind up together and eunice even finds her man in the form of um uh i, I forget the, the name of the guy mr mr larrabee Yes. Who's running, yeah, the music comedy. I, I, I kind of get the idea that Eunice just wants someone. To, <laughs> I don't know that she's, and Howard really. Well, that's, <laughs> what's really funny is that he's like, oh, I've met Eunice, we're in love. And then as they're walking away, she's already like controlling his life. And he yeah. can, he's going to go down the same path. Um, but yeah, you know, Eunice is great. It's uh, the the 70s. I love just the, because I've been to San Francisco. It's a beautiful town, but I love the 70s look of it. Just period cities and films are is always a favorite thing of mine and uh and i love the opening credits um i yes. lo- love the the song mm. you're the top and i love just everything is all in this little book that the hands are turning um it's a very uh very great great detail and yeah. um yeah it's, it's sweet when they sing as well um oh yeah they're they're duet they're, yeah this this movie is i think the only film that has ryan o'neill singing so if you're into that check it out but, well, they, um, they do a good job, um, and I yeah. look forward to going to San Francisco at some point and looking at the stairs to see if they're still chill. <laughs> yeah, because I will literally put—I just put that in a notebook. I will literally do that if they are. Yeah. So. One other uh, detail I love is um, the fir- very first briefcase that we see, or the suitcase. It's like this very distinct overnight bag with a red plaid uh, mm. design. Um, it's this like kind of man of the people has stolen these 
documents from the government and he's trying to expose the hard truths and the government agent who's following him the whole time is trying to act casual as he stalks him. And his way of doing that is carrying around a whole bag of golf clubs. I know. Uh, but, he has to keep taking him out because he's too heavy. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, San Francisco is just such a hilly town and he keeps going up. He's, like he has like one golf club in his thing by the end of the movie. <laughs> Um, but it's like yeah, the worst thing to decide to put on your back for <laughs> that keeps, track. Keeps l- l- emptying his load, but yeah, it's a it's a, it's a fantastic ca- character touch. Yeah, so, right, so that's uh, that's what's up, Doc, and uh, then we can go to my family friendly. Um, oh, absolutely. My cousin Vinny, which was my pick, also a movie I probably saw when I was eleven or twelve wildly different experience than what's up doc but uh you know i don't know it was a movie i loved um even as a kid and i watched you know a lot as we've talked about different kinds of movies um so this is the uh jonathan lim movie from 1992 it uh stars joe pesci marissa tomei ralph macchio and it's about these two kids (laughs) and they're basically driving to um to college and Mm -hmm on their way they're in you know like middle of nowhere alabama and they stop at a gas station and <laughs> they buy a bunch of stuff uh ralph malachia realizes he didn't pay for the tuna um when they were driving away and they get pulled it's over and <laughs> and accused of murder and the thing is and what's funny about it is that that he thinks it's because of the tuna which is just like ridiculous so of course he's like almost admitting to it without knowing what they're asking him to admit to. Um, and then once they soon realize the actual like significance of this and that the fact that, you know, they're being tried for murder, they call the only lawyer they know, um, his, uh, his cousin Vinny yeah. played by Joe Pesci and, uh, him and his girlfriend, Marissa Tomei, uh, who's just spectacular as Mona Lisa Vito come, come down there and they are really not what the town is expecting. And it's a, it's a really hilarious, um, film honestly it's just one that i have seen a lot and i remember when i was a kid it was like one of those ones that's like oh they say the f word a lot or like it was one of those ones like i might even yeah (laughs) Um, it's 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 funny if you you know you see the star of the film joe pesci and you realize oh he's in home alone he makes kid movies all the time it's it's perfect (laughs) um but he's just so spectacular as this character because like him and the judge who i always think of no, you don't want to go down that road. You know, the, oh, um, that's all oh, that's cemetery. Him, yeah. Fred yeah. Gwynn. I always think of him as that. Um, Judd. Yes, they, Fred Gwynn, yes, they have a really hilarious back and forth. And he, you can, you know, Vinny Gambini definitely goes and has, gets contempt a lot because he's uh, always doing things wrong, including coming in an attire from, you know, like New York. And anyway, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Yeah, um, I, uh, one, one thing I, that like, surprised me um was how like uncommonly intelligent a movie like this is Mm. um like this is another thing that if done today would just it would just be this like obnoxious farce and done completely wrong but like this is a comedy that also like purports to be actually a pretty serious legal drama like Mm -hmm. it's and that's one thing that it's i've read it's praised for it's just it's accuracy to the court system. Um, so that that like attention to detail, I, I loved. you know, I, I mm-hmm. thought, you know, you put just Joe Pesci swearing in a courtroom could be one movie. But like, no, there's actually there's actually like a narrative drive here. And yeah, he's actually had, and has to accomplish and, something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sure. So not not expecting that at all, and kind of kind of just blown away that yeah, that's oh wow, this is impressive, and it's I I love this movie. I mean, yeah. Joe Joe Pesci is a, a legend. We all know he's he, numerous Scorsese films. He's yeah, he you know doesn't do much anymore, but um, yeah, this is like him in his prime, and uh, yeah, he it, it just totally crushes this role. He I love that his lawyer. He's not like. I love that he's not like a like a hard ass lawyer who just comes into this new town. He's actually he like he failed the bar exam six times I think yeah. before passing. So he's really he, he looks like a gangster, but he's kind of wet behind the ears in the legal yeah. system. He's only uh, done like a injury, right? Like um, like like a few like he hasn't even really practiced much law, and it's all like injury cases, I think. He yeah, was, I love he's his... like someone with like a neck brace and he's like, how'd that happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> just in case I could get some other work while I'm here. Yeah, um, I, I love I love his interview with the judge. He's like, oh, have you, how's your like your track record? And he's like, ah, oh, uh, win some, lose some. And uh, <laughs> but but I think also what makes this film brilliant is kind of his casting against or Fred Gwynn's casting against him because <laughs> Joe Pesci, as we all know, is about four foot eleven um, and Fred Gwynn looks like he's seven feet tall. And, and he's so intimidating to me since, yeah. He, he's so intimidating and, and like just, but also completely by the book. And one of the highlights is when, like, on the first day of court where he's just, all he has to do is just submit the, like, how the witnesses plead. And yeah, he guilty cannot <laughs> do it. And so he's held in contempt. And so when they're sent back to jail, he's riding alongside on the, like, prison charter bus with them because he was arrested for being in contempt of the court. Um yeah. And he keeps, what? he actually keeps doing that. He like, he yeah. like spends the night a lot. And it's funny because at one point, I mean, there's also this like running gag that they just can't find a place to sleep that isn't disruptive in some way. Oh like, yeah. Everywhere a, they stay. Also, yeah. You got your, your city folk in the, the, the small town humor. Um, yeah. The little again, details like the grits, you know, and um, when, oh. you know, I, I don't know, it all kind of like ends up panning out in the end. And I, I also really love the dynamic of them too, but also him and Marissa Tomei. I think that they're a really, I don't know, fiery couple in a lot of ways, but just like, you know, she's just obviously, and it's funny because they both talk so much and that's why it's so funny that he couldn't say two words, like not guilty. He just kept over explaining it. Well, we should acknowledge her because um, she's, she's fantastic uh, in this. And um, I, uh, I, oh, um, but, but this is also what's amazing about this is that she has a really strong performance and she actually won an Academy Award for this. Yep. Best supporting. Yeah. Which doesn't happen like for these kinds of roles. And like the only other thing I can think of is like Kevin Klein winning for a fish called Wanda. Yeah. Where. It's 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 just rare that like, you know, I don't I don't put much stock in the Academy Awards at all. Um, but like it's it's rare if when they actually recognize like a, not just a worthy performance, but like a strong comedic performance. Yeah, especially uh, like on a kind of a quirky one, too. I mean, um, yeah. Fish Call One is actually a terrific uh, kind of pull there. But yeah, she's just fantastic. She's really funny, but she's also really intelligent. And both of them. I think, like you said earlier, this could be obnoxious if this was remade or redone and kind of like what's up, Doc? In a lot of ways, the characters just come across genuinely that, you know, it makes it so it does have more depth and feeling to it. Yeah. Um, And her her uh, like her big moment is just kind of like the final (laughs) testimony and like where she literally earns the Oscar and where she's given a breakdown of like the details of the car and 
Santa while she's Picard, mad at him. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like they just had a fight. Like they were on the verge of breaking up, if I recall. And, yeah, she has to and, get like pulled in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she's able to lay down the details. Like the tire tracks are not accurate, and and like the judge is like, oh, how do we know this? This is a qualified witness. Then she lays down, oh, I was in, I grew up in my father's garage, and I know everything about this car, and just says all these details. And like, all right, we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, because they think that she's gonna be a joke. They don't think that you know they don't believe in. Just like a lot of people look at him and they don't take him seriously, um, you know, and they it's so in a lot of ways, it's kind of that underdog sense um, yeah. as well, which kind of makes it feel like the big win um, sort of thing. But and, you know, obviously, Ralph Macchio was also very much <laughs> around at this time, you know, Karate Kid and um, whatever else was uh, is also good in it. He, you know, he doesn't have a huge role obviously but he you know he even considers giving up on his uncle uh, uncle his cousin because he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing but they really don't have much of a choice yeah no the public defender's great just because he's kind of also inept and eventually the <laughs> cousin switches back over yeah but what's great also is just you get to see uh joe pesci's his name's vinnie gambini you get to see <laughs> vinnie's growth in the courtroom yeah and then like as each day adjourns he like he does like a little happy dance, like at all the things that he does. Right. Um, so he, he like sees himself improving and that's, that's fun to watch. But, um, you mentioned the grits and like one of my favorite, just small town details is when they go to eat at the diner early on. And, um, they're both looking at the menu. <laughs> just the menu and just says breakfast. They, they, that's great. Cause they're just looking at it. They both like look at each other, like, like what sounds good. And then, uh, they just say, uh, yeah, we'll have the, uh, breakfast. Yeah. And the Cause it's... menu just says breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I love that scene. And then, you know, of course, everything comes around. The grits end up being like meaningful in another way um, within the courtroom. And, you know, a lot of other little things do, too. But, yeah, he um, he even his confidence grows and you can tell he starts really taking it seriously as, as he starts to realize the, the weight of it. And, you know, the uh, judge always asks him what his name is to look up his like court record, uh, like his trial records. And he gives him a fake name like what, three times, I think. And finally one like sticks. Um, and by that time, he's like thinking that he's like a court, you know, someone that's actually won a lot of cases. And he believes it by the end because he's actually just, you know, proves his worth by the, the last uh, scene. So, yeah. That's... Yeah, that's a that's a great final payoff. To, the judge is like, win some, lose some. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> he, like, he, like he's talking to like the top lawyer in New Jersey or wherever he's from. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, like, you know, but one thing also that we have an uncommon pairing in our films is that, uh, we were not anticipating this, but both kind of pivot around a, an entire courtroom scene. Of course, that's the whole film for my cousin Vinny, and it's just kind of like the, the conclusion of What's mm. Up Doc. Um, so we did not plan this, uh, listeners, yes. if you're uh, paying attention. And they're both but, like uh, mishaps that start from something ridiculous, like, I, yeah. You know, yes, I took the donut. You know, like, you yeah. Know, he acts like it's so. Why is everyone looking at me like this is such a big deal? They're talking about like, you know, we have the death penalty or something. It's like it was a can of tuna. Yeah. There's well, there's also that kind of comedy that's really hard to pull off. It's it's the uh, it's like the mistaken identity comedy where mm. after they're they're in like a holding cell, and um, Vinny comes and sees them both. And then, uh, like, he just comes in. He's like, are you the cousin? All right, I'll do you first. And, like, he thinks something bad's going to happen. Like, oh, no, I, mister, I think you got it all wrong. And uh, he's, <laughs> and it's, it takes him a bit before they realize, 
oh, you're our lawyer. You're here to defend us. You're, you're not a guy who's going to assault us in the prison cell. Um, but yeah, but like, again, that, that like just, it's such a fine line where like you can, you can like, if you pick out the joke early and like, okay, now you're just waiting for it to get to the punchline, but Vinny never feels that way. You're, you're along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. These two are really fun to talk about. I, I do think there's a lot of similarities in some of the kind of humor, even if like what's up doc is to, you know, the upteenth, like um, much more level of absurdity, like you said, a live action cartoon, but there is some elements of, um, I don't know, the humor being like a little bit ridiculous in this movie, but then there's some also real just hilarious moments, mostly just because of these actors. They're just so good off, like playing off each other. And so I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, I had a great time with uh, Vinny, and I'm glad that you liked uh, What's Up, Doc? Yeah, we uh, we we seem to be on a streak. I don't really know that. I think there's only been like one movie that we haven't loved, or one of us hasn't loved. So that's that's fair. Anna and the Apocalypse. For you. <laughs> I was gonna say you remember it. Oh yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, Anna. Fine. I get it. I get it. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, uh, you know, unlike that episode, uh, where, uh, Christy ruined Christmas, um, yeah, two, two very strong recommendations here. I, uh, I would say both, I would say, yeah, both easily American comedy classics. Could Again, be a fun double feature, really. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which could, one first would you go with? Um, you, uh, I, I think going the kind of chronological way. Yeah. It does make what, sense. What's up into Vinny would, uh, would work. Yeah, I mean, you could do either or, to be honest, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat. But um, what, what's interesting is that, uh, I mean, you mentioned this was like a favorite of yours from when you were young. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I'm glad I saw this older first because I could appreciate a lot of it more. Not that I wouldn't have enjoyed it as a kid because, again, Joe Pesci is uh, a child's uh, dream actor. But <laughs> but um, but like well, I saw just, Goodfellas at that age, too. So, you that's, know, that's wild. Um, but uh, no, it's that's really cool. I think I was like 13 or 14 for Goodfellas. Yeah. Anyways, I just did a rewatch. So I was, I'm like on a Joe Pesci kind of. Well, it was for, you know, um, unfortunately the loss of Ray Liotta. Yeah. But uh, have you, have you seen a... Narc? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been Damn, a while since I've seen it. Trying to pitch another Blind Spots episode right here <laughs> on the pod, but we'll think of something. But uh, yeah, Ray, Ray Liotta, RIP. A lot has happened in the this crazy world in the last three months and there's some bad yeah. things going on, but that's why we try to bring you this podcast to hopefully hold on to the good times and uh hope uh enjoy the love of movies yeah hope uh hope you all listeners had a had a had a fun time listening to us talk about uh two comedies we loved and Mm -hmm. uh christy anything you want to uh plug or promote or uh share your socials yeah and i'll just say like you know who doesn't love to laugh this is a good i think upbeat kind of duo of films um like uplifting kind of you know happy times um yeah so film and create twitter is at film and obviously our site is film and so twitter is at film and and my twitter is strauss underscore christy s-t-r-o-u-s-e underscore k-r-i-s-t-y yeah i'm at uh, jake tropila on all things j-a-k-e-t-r-o-p-i-l-a and, uh, yeah, be sure if you're listening to this, subscribe if you haven't already. You'll get, uh, episodes, uh, you know, not, not too frequently recently, but hopefully we, uh, we find a groove where we can record these more often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, hope you had a good time listening and, uh, stay tuned for the next one. S- stay groovy. Yes. Stay groovy. Safe. Happy. Healthy. Bye. Groovy. Don't